Punners, welcome to the second Racing Previews podcast here. Uh, my name is Ben Klutz and I'm joined again by my good mate, Nick McWalter. Day one of the ball today. Uh, it definitely had its challenges. Uh, we're going to do a quick review of this meeting to start with and then we'll look at tomorrow. We'll quick fire a couple of bets. Um, pretty sure we're going to keep this nice and short and punchy. Uh, yep, but firstly, 100%. what did you think of today? Well, uh, we obviously made the trek up this morning, four o'clock wake up. Normally, uh, normally that's never a good sign, but it was, uh, it was a, uh, yeah, it was okay. Um, looked ominous. Beautiful weather. Um, the first, the first race, it all looked pretty positive, but uh, unfortunately, it all sort of went downhill from there. It was a, a bit of a rough day on the punt, but I will just comment on the actual, the day itself. I thought my first time being at Warrnambool was. A really really good experience um, the people there are just so nice um, it's got everything you need you got the nice betting ring out the back uh, you got the all the traditional um, you know the traditional grandstand in the big hill well it was a yeah it was back to back to how it was the first year that I was up here with no restrictions yeah. back to how it used to be so yeah. yeah and it's it's just racing purist everywhere yeah so, yeah, it was really, really uh, awesome to experience for the first time um, and definitely looking forward to tomorrow. Anyway, let's crack into the racing. Race one was a maiden hurdle over 3,200 <coughs> metres. This was one of our good results of the day with Lord Piero uh, saluting at uh, double figures. What did you make of the race? Yeah, well, there was, there was chinks in Portland Jimmy, who was an even money favourite, touched as short as $1.85. Um, the query I had was his flat form. He hadn't raced past a mile to 2,000, um, and that really told because he, he hit a wall at the 800. They didn't go very fast. Um, so, yeah, he was found out late, and uh, good feel-good story. Um, Megan, the jockey on Lord Piero, was the first female to win a jumps race at Warnall. So, um, yeah, good to see a little bit of history and uh, start the day off right. That's exactly right. It was good to see her punch home a winner. Uh, in the next, we had Count Zero, the favourite. He started six to four, and he was uh, able to just get over the top of Mighty Oasis in the straight. Yeah, well, we uh, we tipped Count Zero <laughs> on top, um, as we predicted. We thought his flat form would come to fruition, which it uh, which it ended up doing. Personally, myself and the suggested bet was we had him on top, but from a betting proposition, we had Z Star as our top selection. Ten dollars, I think he was last night when we did the podcast. Um, he halved that quote. Into five dollars and a dollar seventy, and unfortunately, uh, the overs gods shot us, and he ran fourth. But yeah, all credit to the winner. Um, he looks pretty progressive. He'll go on to bigger and better things. I will touch on Mighty Oasis, who ran second for Aaron Mitchell and Andrew Bobbin. Um, yeah, he'll definitely knock off his maiden soon. Yeah, unfortunately, it was a bit of a case of we got the overs here. It was a bit of a, a case of the the story of the day. Really, yeah. we weren't rewarded for it. Uh, he ran fourth, and I think I'm not sure what price you got the place, but I got nearly three dollars. So yeah, I think I got a bit of two eighty. So yeah, yeah so it was, it was it was hard to take, but anyway, we move on to the next another maiden hurdle, uh, and it was Ryder in the snow taking it out for Aaron Kuru. Yeah, well, this was a bit of a uh, this was a hard pill to swallow because I I gave Ryder in the snow absolutely none. Um, I didn't think his schooling um, and his lead up 
was the right form lines. Um, yeah, Killarney was hard to take because we got you know better than even money, and it was backed into a dollar forty-five at some places, and uh, it never really looked like looked likely. Um, in his trials, he jumped super, and I thought, you know, this was just as easy as he just had to get over them all and he'd win. But he put in a couple of bad jumps early, and um, yeah. When you're missing jumps down the back and you're at the back of the field and you're too far off them, well, yeah, it's just impossible. He ran on late in for fourth, but, yeah, some uh, some more schooling and you'd want to see it before you, you're jumping in at the short price again. And just to put you on the spot a little bit here, with Kalorni, what, what is the next step for a, for a horse like this? Beaten favourite, $1.50, didn't quite get over the hurdles like we thought he would. Yeah, well, it's hard to know, but I would think... Um, I would think you'd have to go back to to the trials, maybe not from a steward's point of view, but more so from a camp point of view. Um, it can really dint their confidence if they uh, if they press on and they don't sort of learn their uh, learn their skills properly. So yeah, you'd want to see him go to the trials and then yeah, race day, be able to jump properly throughout um, before you would before you were chiming in from a betting perspective again. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, so race four was the first race on the flat. Uh, it was a thousand, no, sorry, it was twelve hundred meters. Uh, it was taken out by Linda Manch. It was the first of her double. It was on Mio Carpo. Uh, I thought this was a very, very good ride. It was just typical Linda at her best, one yeah, of the best front running jockeys in Australia, as we know. She just took it straight to the front, and it was rack and stack. Um, I thought Harbin was really well ridden as well by Ethan Brown. Yeah, he was um, given every chance. Yeah, exactly. Given every chance, uh, a horse who missed the start badly, of course, last start and rattled home. And today he was able to settle second uh, and the, the winner was just a little bit too good. Uh, the other tip in the race we had was middle metal rock on uh, on debut and he was just plain disappointing, just to be complete, honest. Just a complete forgive. He, I think he yeah. was three wide most of the trip and finished last. So. Yeah, yeah, it definitely wasn't the spot to be as we'll, as we'll go on. Um, up and in today was definitely the place to be. As was the next winner, Bubble Palace. Uh, this was the second of our winners. Um, Harry Coffey was able to take it straight to the front. We actually secured the overs here, so yeah, this, this, this was... was uh, this was a little boost of confidence. <laughs> this was one of the good results. We were able to get just north of $4 um, after deductions. What do you make of the win? Well, early on, he from this morning, he was about 2.10, back out to about 2.40, and we were thinking, hmm, what's going on here? But, yeah, they just come and come and come for him late. And Harry just rode him like the best horse in the race, speared him out, worked across. Looked like he may have burned a little bit of petrol early, but, yeah, he rode him like the best horse. The The times and the stats from last race said that that's all he had to do, and he was up and in, and that was it. Sorry, she... But yeah, she looks pretty progressive and uh, she'll go on to bigger and better things, I reckon. I think so. Uh, Benny Iscari was in the ownership. So he, yeah, he, uh, one he of, of the course, good guys. Yeah, he's, a, he's a good man, Benny. And obviously he uh, had the winner's speech after, so that was good to see. Race six was the feature of the day. It was the Briley steeplechase. We were on Valak. Tell us what happened. <sighs> this was... Um, this is a bit hard to take. It's not. It's not so much the fact of of losing a bet or or anything like that. It's more so you don't want to see this sort of stuff. This is the stuff that people talk about, and especially on its biggest stage, this is the stuff that you definitely don't want to see. 
Um, it all sort of started right from out of the gates. Um, he jumped a little awkwardly, and going back through the replay, it didn't exactly look like he was comfortable inside of horses early. He put in a few average jumps, didn't really settle. Um, once Aaron had snagged him back to last and got him to the outside, he started to settle a little bit better. Uh, Britannicus pinged the lids. He was humming along early. Uh, bit of a lad. He sat there and missed the start once again. So I think the end is closer um, for him. He's been a good horse over his time, but yeah, it doesn't look like he's got that same zest for it anymore. But yeah, even up the back, like Valak was right next to Vanguard and I thought, you know, they could just, if they just keep going, they'll be close because Britannicus will have to stop. Like, you just can't maintain that speed up the hill. He'll have to stop 600 out and as Valak was getting closer and closer with Vanguard, um, I was growing in confidence, but yeah, once they turned down the corner, hooked to the right, he put in three bad jumps in a row and it got worse and worse and worse and that's when he ended up falling. Before he fell, I think he was going better than Vanguard. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll never know. At least Valak and, and Mitchell are okay. That's the positive. But yeah, Vanguard and and Britannicus fought out the finish. And um, yeah, Vanguard looks if he if he backs up well on Thursday, he's definitely a chance. And of course, we saw JD Hayes on the way out, and he said horse and jockey uh, both nothing serious. So that was good to hear. Uh, race seven was over twenty three hundred and fifty meters. It was a benchmark seventy. We actually got Cabri Castle here at seven dollars, yeah. uh, and he was backed into two dollars seventy favorite. This was a hard one to take. Jumped from the inside draw, snagged back. Um, not sure if anything more could have been done, but it just never really looked likely, did it? No, nah, it was um, it was raining the race before, and the rain hadn't stopped. It just kept pouring. Um, I'm not gonna sit on here and and pace the jockey for a bad ride. Um, because there may have been other circumstances that we aren't uh, aware of. But to the eye, it looked like he jumped semi-OK, was snagged back into last defence, and we sort of knew our fate a long way out. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a hard one to take. He started running on as the, as the show was all over, but yeah, it was a pretty messy race. I couldn't have had either of the, the three up the in the placings, but yeah. No, I don't think I could have either. Sign, sealed, deliver. He was well-backed as well. He was 20s into 10s. He led and he, he just weakened out a bit late. So uh, we'll move on to race eight. It was uh, a handicap over 1,700 metres. Uh, you and I were, were sort of potting Bermudez a little bit at, yeah. at, the, at the end of a strong 1,700 metres. But this was an Ollie special, wasn't it? Yeah, well, you don't have to worry about a strong or the end of 1700 when you just cuddled in behind. And, uh, yeah, it didn't look like they went overly hard. And, uh, yeah, this was an, an Ollie peach. Sat in behind, um, one back on the fence, and, yeah, he just popped out at the top of the straight. Johnny had to make a long sustained run with the top weight on harder passants, which looked a little bit flat. But, yeah, Ollie, uh, Ollie definitely outrode him and, and showed that he still is, is the best after as good as 30 years at the top. Yeah, that's why they call him the GOAT. Uh, I guess we do have to pay a little bit of respect to the winner, Bermudez. We were potting him a little bit, and he showed his best form out there today. It was quite a dominant win. But I think the horse to, to follow going forward is Harder Passants. Uh, made, made that long, sustained run, as you mentioned, and stepping up and trip, he, he does look the one to follow. I think, it? yeah, sorry. I think definitely uh, the key to Bermudez is soft ground. 
Yeah. You can back him with confidence on soft ground. Yep, yeah. oh, good call. Uh, so race nine, the second last was a benchmark 70 over 1,200 metres. Uh, none of our tips really went any good here. Strip, strip back was back in the ruck. Don't think he really appreciated being in, in between horses. Magnet Jet faded. Barcelona Rock was also very average. This was the second of Linda Meech's double, an outstanding ride, and it was also the fifth of Simon Wilde's. Winners, king, oh. of, the, king of the bull today, or as, uh, as, <laughs> as Matty Highland would, uh, would call him in the presentation, Wild Simon. Yes, well... <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, it was certainly a bit of a laugh on track. This was a horse that we sort of tried to take a set against yesterday, having two starts on a soft for nothing. But, yeah, it was a bit of a funny run race. And, uh, yeah, Linda sort of just outrode him, unfortunately. Um, yeah, all credits to the wild camp. It's, it's normally a good thing to be following the local stables in, but it sort of got to the point where you're like, oh, it's got to stop sooner, sooner rather than later. But, yeah, they, uh, they kept going and they had a massive day. Yeah, and of course, we did touch on in the, in the preview pod that we might have had a bit of reservation against this horse just on the soft track, but uh, got through it fine today and, and um, had good stats at, at, at its home track, Warnable. So we'll move on to the last. It was taken out by Rights of Man. Um, I thought there, there was quite high pressure in this race, and that's what brought about the, the big bunch finish in the end. They were, they were coming from everywhere. Uh, horse survived the protest but I thought it was the deserving winner really yeah well Huey uh, burnt up Lulu Darling to work to the front and and the information that we had sort of been told is once it found the front that was that was sort of half the job done it was that was where it needed to go um, even at the top of the straight it still looked a winner um, spinning loomed at the top of the straight it also looked like a bit of a winner there. Uh, home rule was a bit of a bunch, bunched finish. Um, but, yeah, all credit to Rights of Man. Neroni ran a good race, sort of probably a touch out of its ground, up in grade. But, yeah, uh, all credits to Jamie. There was a few happy punters uh, that obviously blasted out in the last. Yeah, it was a sensational ride, really, uh, for a horse that might have, it, have his quirks. He got there just in the nick of time, and it was a, it was a super win. Uh, just some of the horses we backed. Francine, once uh, Linda didn't find the front, I pretty much knew our fate there. Bit of yep. a control freak and more wanted, kind of just ran to his SP, just one batted. So that was a look at day one of the Warnable Carnival. Um, I feel like we did, you know, we did a lot of things right and weren't really rewarded for it. We did, we did plenty wrong as well, we've got to admit. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, getting horses at $7 that start $2.70, getting horses at four forty that start in the red. We were on the right train. Uh, unfortunately, we just <laughs> yeah. couldn't board a couple of times. Yeah, we, we definitely got, um, I feel like, majority of the races right. In terms of the market, um, yeah, if you're beaten fair and square, it's a little bit easier to take. Um, but as we said, we're not going to sit here and pot rides, but... Yeah, sometimes when your horse sort of isn't given every chance, it's a little bit harder to swallow, but hopefully we can move on and make amends into day two and day three. That's exactly right. Hopefully we can uh, lift the mood here and look towards tomorrow. Three to ten mils of rain tomorrow. We'll we'll touch on that quickly. Uh, It was a soft six today. I'm thinking it might be a a heavy eight tomorrow. What's your thoughts? Yeah, possibly. It's a little bit hard to know. Um, There was rumours going into day one that the track was in a little bit of strife with a little bit of a cross cross grass um, coming through. But 
yeah, it's hard to know. Early on, it looked like it was drying out, like it was beautiful weather today with the wind up and the sun on. So I guess we obviously won't really know until tomorrow. We'll keep you all updated, but yeah, um, just have to wait and see how much rain actually hits and, and how the track actually plays. And of course, the rail was probably the place to be up and in today. Uh, I'm just wondering, as this track chops up a little, will it possibly even up throughout the, the next few days or do you think they'll stay uh, up and in there? Yeah, possibly. I think they could definitely start to edge out. Um, but yeah, it's one of those wait and see things. We'll have to keep you all updated tomorrow because we don't know. The, the rail may be the place to be on that slightly better ground or they may edge off the fence. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Yep. All right. So we're, we're not going to actually do every race runner by runner and announce the whole market, but we'll just, we'll just do a couple bets that we're keen on. We might do maybe half the card. Uh, I thought the favourite in race one, Jamar, from the Kieran Murray and David Eustace team would be hard to beat. Uh, he is the one with the, the race form. He comes up against a couple of horses here who first starters, um, just the unknown, I guess. Some of their trials have been okay, but he gets the blinkers on for the first time. Uh, I think he's going to be extremely hard to beat. You know, this, this John Allen uh, pairing with the Maran Eustace is very profitable. This horse has form around the likes of Lofty Strike and, and Jack and O. Those are some of the best two-year-olds we have. So uh, if, as long as he gets through this soft track, I think he, he is a bet at $2.80. Yeah, absolutely. You'd have to you'd have to have him on top um, in terms of race experience and exposed form. Um, there may be a diamond in the rough with one of the debutants, but yeah, I thought um, you'd have to lean his way, and especially Mar Eustace down here at their home carnival. Um, Kieran is sort of the king of Warnable, up with Simon Wild or Wild Simon, <laughs> whatever we're going with now. Um, but yeah, I would think. Kieran would want to get a couple of winners over the next couple of days to level up the ledger. Yep, second race, race two is over 1,400 metres. Same thing again, $2.80 for the favourite. I thought she would be quite uh, difficult to beat. Peter Moody has, has shown ever since he's been back that he's just so good at placing his horses. His strike rate is just through the roof. Um, this horse ran a really good second on debut at Sandown. Big gap back to third. Um, and that was actually on a soft seven last start. So that, that gives you a bit of confidence that if we do get this rain tomorrow, we know we're going to be on a soft track at least, probably uh, pushing into the heavy range. Uh, she does look hard to beat. I thought the second favourite, uh, Tori Jean, showed, you know, showed everything she has in, uh, in her jump out. Um, Egyptian icon, it is worth noting that uh, he was four and a half lengths off... Um, Elation, yep. the good horse of the Price and Kent team. But at the end of the day, four and a half lengths is, is still four and a half lengths. Did yeah. you have uh, any views? Yeah, he was the one that I wanted to have a little speck at at, at each way. Um, Elation's franked that form on Saturday, as we all know, and he's on to bigger and better things. This will be the first real test um, of that form. And I thought that, you know, what is he, about $10, $9, $2.60 the place. I didn't think he was a bad spec, but I couldn't talk you out of the favourite that Benny likes. And there was a fair spruik um, for the OTI runner that's second favourite as well. There you go. So it might be a, a play between 12 and 6, Life Lessons and Egyptian Icon. Uh, I think we're going to skip race 3 and race 4. They both look very difficult. We might do some more form, form on them and, uh, and crack in tomorrow. But... The first of the jumps races is race five. 
Uh, it's a steeple over the 34.50 metres, and our favourite is the top weight runaway. Yeah, he's our, he's our best bet tomorrow, Benny. Um, pretty keen here. As long as this track doesn't get too wet, um, I'll just want to monitor that. But even if it does, I still think he's the clear top pick. The horses in behind him here aren't, uh, aren't of his class, even though he's got to carry the top weight. Steve Pateman is no doubt the best jump jockey, um, probably one of the best jump jockeys in the world. Um, it's been unfortunate, the events leading up to the carnival with him losing ZM in the annual, who was probably going to be the better of the carnival, losing social element to injury in the Briley in the lead-up. Um, yeah, I think he's in for a big day tomorrow. Uh, he'll come out with a bit of a vengeance. I think he'll just make a good thing of it here and, um, yeah, at about... Better than even money at the moment. I could start. I could see him starting odds on, and yeah, um, tomorrow will lie in his hands. There, I think. Of course, this horse uh, at the start of last year actually won a benchmark 84 on the flat at 2,000 meters at Flemington. So, I don't think any of these horses no. would be would be featuring in it that is, race. It is worth noting that yeah, uh, in the lead up to Warnable, when Racing.com spoke to Steve about his rides over the carnival, that yeah, he was pretty. Uh, he was pretty keen that this horse would just turn up and win for his confidence to move on to bigger and better things. And, yeah, Gay would be pretty keen to get a winner over the carnival. She loves her jumps racing. Um, obviously a massive supporter of Warnable. Um, and, yeah, I think she'll, uh, she'll have him there ready to go tomorrow. Race six is the, the Gallywood Hurdle. It's the second of the features at the Warnable Carnival. I will just quickly run through the market here. I think this race deserves it. Number one, Saunter Boy, two twenty-five. Number four, Out and Dreaming, three dollars sixty. Number three, Big Blue is first up. He's five dollars. Saint Annika is uh, nine dollars. Uh, Anunicate is eleven dollars, and then uh, Eckhart at uh, twelve dollars, and then the Musgrove team, Tamarack, forty-one dollars, and Coleridge, eighty-one dollars. Well, last start at Pakenham, Nico. There wasn't much between the top weight, Saunter Boy and out and dreaming, much to our uh, despise uh, saunter boy, the grey, just got it over the top of out and dreaming. We with that form line or we with uh, big blue first up? No, we're sticking with that form line there. Um, obviously, as you just touched on, we were with out and dreaming last start. Um, I still believe that if he didn't put in three or four bad jumps to finish there, he probably would have held saunter boy and beaten him. Um, but I think the race will be run similar uh, again tomorrow. I think the cream will rise to the top here. And as I alluded to before, I think Pateman's in for a big day. So I've sided with Saunter Boy on top because I'd be pretty sick uh, with myself if he knocked us off again. Um, but I will be having a saver on Out and Dreaming um, just to cover cover the race, make sure we don't lose there. But yeah, um, could be a big day for, for Steve Pateman, I think. Saunter Boy, next best? Yeah, um, if I'm going to stick to the, to the jump sort of thing, yeah, runaway, best bet, Saunter Boy, next best. Um, pretty keen, both of them, and uh, hopefully we can get a little bit of momentum in the middle of the card and, who knows, maybe even snag the back end for a quaddie. Well, the next race is 1,000 metres. It's a benchmark 70. Uh, just as we're recording, we've just had a key scratching Sugartown firm uh, for Danny O'Brien and Damien Oliver. I was pretty keen to take it on, but anyway, McKeever um, is our favourite. We were actually at stall uh, when it went down last start. 
I wanted to be against him again here. I thought Super Thief um, flies fresh. I thought his jump out was, was quite good work and uh, he is proven on a soft track. Uh, I'm not sure how he go if this gets into the real heavy range, but I think he's a very, very fast horse and um, he does get a little bit of, bit of weight relief on some of those at the top. Uh, continuance for Lindsay Smith. I thought this might have been the overs in the race. If we're just happy to forgive that first up run, uh, he was beaten favourite $2.80 and he was quite uh, disappointing, but he actually won this uh, this race, or it might have been a similar race last year, beating McKeever. Um, so I thought at $10, he's definitely worth um, a spec or a bet. So yeah, I thought it was quite an easy race. Um, 17 and 11, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm seeing it sort of similar to you. Um, not necessarily did I want to put a pen through McKeever completely, but I can see how you want to take a set against. I do think he's a better horse on a soft track. Um, and depending how this track's going to play tomorrow, if there is any little bit of up on speed, um, well, that's where he's going to be because he's a nice, fast horse. And yeah, he'd be a brave man to take on the wild meech combination on a front runner after today's, uh, today's performances. But yeah, I'm with you. I thought Super Thief was a good bet. I think he'll handle the ground. Uh, McDougal's on. Hopefully Ben and JD can have a little bit of cheer after today's unfortunate events. Um, but yeah, I was seeing it pretty similar to you. Yep, sounds good. Super Thief was obviously scratched from the other night. Uh, was it Packenham or Cran uh, Cranburn? Cranburn got caught Last off uh, midway through the meeting due to that torrential rain. Uh, so we'll kick on to race eight is the Wangoom. It's the, it's the second feature of the day, a listed race over 1,200 metres. We'll go through the market quickly here. Number four, Showmanship, $3.20, resumes off a nearly two-year break. Uh, 13, Chassis at $6.50. Triple Missile also shares the same line, $6.50. Bless her, $10. We're on uh, at $21 there. So Fingers crossed. We've snagged a, a nice little overs. Uh, Paul's Regret, $10. Mystery Shot, $15. Poland, $16. Frankie Pino, $18. Innkeeper, last year's winner, I believe, yep. $18. Be Good To Your Mother, $21, another local. William Thomas, 41s. Great Again, 50s. And then we're out to Lady Solly, uh, Simply Optimistic and No Surrender, triple figures. Uh, as I just touched on quickly there, we're on Bless Her at $21. We're also on Showmanship at $5. Uh, he's into $3.20 now, and all reports are that he's working the house down and he's going to be very hard to beat. Um, I guess, how much do you factor that in with the long let off? Uh, he carries 58 kilos here, but he did look a coming group one horse uh, in the making. He gets the services of Damien Oliver. I had to have him, have him on top. Yeah, I'm definitely seeing it the same way. Um, about two months out before the bull, I did say to you and a couple of other people that I did hope that he would come here because he'd be very close to a good thing. After today's performances, we won't drop the M word, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, I think this is a real set play. A um, little bit of cut out of the track will definitely help. Um, yes, he is off a long layoff, but what the uh, if there's a little bit of clouded judgment, you just have to go back and have a look. I, I'm a firm believer of winners win, um, and this horse could have been anything. Like you know, they've always held him in high regard when he was back in WA. Um, yeah, I think he he was very very. Uh, in a very good position to win that race at sale, arguably against a stronger field. 
um, all in betting, and even when markets opened, you were getting a pretty similar price. And yeah, this isn't half the field that he's going to face tomorrow. Um, if he's there in a good spot, hopefully Ollie can give him a sort of a Bermudez-like ride. Maybe not. He might not be as close, but as long as he's sort of in touching distance midfield, um, yeah. If he gets the gaps, I think he's definitely the one to beat. Bless her. Um, all reports through some connections that she is. Um, She's going good. The only query with her was on the quick backup. She's never backed up this quick in her career, but she's definitely going to love a bit of cut out of the ground. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly confident. Hopefully we can snag a result out of the race. And showmanship is here as well. One, one out of one on the heavy back home in, uh, in WA. So hopefully that's a good sign. Uh, little shout out to our mate Will Alford in the chat. He was uh, sticking up for Lady Solly at 100 to 1. Going to lead it. Possibly here um, from from the gate one, as I mentioned. But I guess the big query is 1,200 metres. Uh, and, she's a big, a, and a big rising class. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, she's a multiple <laughs> Ladbroke 55-second challenge winner at the Valley. Uh, can she extend it out to 1,200 metres? We'll see. But we're showmanship from Bless Her. On to race nine. It's a benchmark 70 over 1,400 metres. We've got a very short price favourite here in the form of Visinari from the Mick Price and uh, Michael Kent Jr. team. Both the co-trainers have been on radio uh, this week declaring it, saying it just wins. Uh, we both watched that, that win at Pakenham last start. Uh, we had some family friends that were in connections of another horse and uh, we saw this thing in the blue and purple and it was eight lengths in front. Yeah, well, it was a little bit of a hard watch because we were sort of sitting around and uh, we sort of had an inkling what this horse's form was like overseas. So we both chose not to bet and and kick it home against their horse. But yeah, I think we saw something pretty special there. Um, all reports has that he smashed the clock. But you're also going to take odds on quote here. Um, look, if the male's right, he should just win. Depending on the time of day tomorrow and everyone's betting situation, that's um, whether you want to take a dollar seventy-five. Look, I'm going to be honest. If Runaway and Saunter Boy probably win, I might have a decent bet and hopefully recover a little bit of today's problems. Um, but yeah, it's just a watch and see. It has got sixty-two kilos. It has got car. But if this horse is what people think it's going to be, um, yeah, it should just be winning tomorrow. Exactly right. Uh, and I think the key tip is there. Um, if you like a horse, then back it. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> As we found out the hard way with this horse uh, last start, don't just uh, back the horses that uh, your family or friends are in. Um, so I'm pretty sure that's about it for, for day two of the carnival. Did you want to quickly uh, summarise? Yeah, so hopefully we can have a little bit better of a day tomorrow results-wise because selection-wise we were definitely there. Um, but yeah, just a little recap. Race 2 was keen to play each way, Egyptian icon. Um, but yeah, there's definitely dangers with both the, the two in front of it in the market, the two favourites. Um, they do look pretty smart and there's definitely enough mail around. Runaway's our best bet in the Dunro. Um, yeah, jump on, take better than even money because I could see him starting odds on. Um, we'll be with Saunter Boy, but definitely a saver on Out and Dreaming at this point in time. If something was to change and we were on a very heavily rain-affected track, um, we'll definitely uh, let you know. But, yeah, I'm pretty keen Saunter Boy will still get through the wet. Um, we touched on Super Thief as a good bet. 
and uh, yeah, showmanship or bless her, give them strength. And I'll just add my one. Uh, the top weight in race one tomorrow, Jamara looks very hard to beat. And then, as you mentioned, uh, Super Thief. And then I could also have something on continuance in race seven. Uh, in the Wongoon, we're going for showmanship and bless her. And in race nine, we could have something on Visionari, but he is uh, getting into a short quote, um, especially given it could be a heavy eight tomorrow. And yep. he does carry the 62 kilos. But anyway, that's been a, a summary of day one and a bit of a preview to day two. Uh, hopefully we can land a, a couple more bets and hopefully we can be afforded a bit more luck. Yeah, fingers crossed, Benny. Um, definitely character building today. Uh, the results didn't go our way, but yeah, fingers crossed tomorrow we can start to turn it around and um, yeah, really kickstart into making it a successful carnival. We weren't far away today. Um, it's a little bit hard to take, but the great game can be cruel, can be good sometimes. Um, it's all part of it, but yeah, we're definitely trending in the right direction, punters. Um, bear with us, a little bit of luck, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll turn it around. And hopefully we'll see you at the Whalers tonight. Good luck, punters. Thanks, mate.